This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Kenny King Jr., and you're tuned in to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Stewie H., the UK's biggest Raider fan, and you're tuned in to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. Yeah! What's up, Raider Nation? Here we are, man. Already, first episode of the offseason. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, man? Uh, playoff weekend, another playoff weekend without the Raiders in it. Uh, that hurts a little bit, but I'm excited to talk about the offseason, uh, a little bit what happened this season, and then what's what's to come in this, uh, you know, another John Gruden go around here um, between exactly. seasons. Exactly. So we're going to hit on different position groups throughout the offseason. I posted a little poll on my Twitter page, and the winner this week was the linebacker group. No, dude, it's understandable because we haven't had, like, the guy or the couple of guys in that position group for a long time. We've been pounding the table to draft certain guys, and they haven't been selected. So it's understandable, man. When are we finally going to address the need for better linebackers? So good good, uh, selection by Raider Nation. Yeah, it's a position that's been kind of covered up by bad defensive line play. And uh, they weren't doing their job either, so I guess uh, that was the popular topic. So we're just gonna we're gonna roll into that in a minute. But we still got some news this week. Mike Mayock is now uh, officially the Raiders' new general manager. I know we already touched on it. Uh, Chris went into pretty big detail and gave his good opinion on that. But now he's the real deal. He's here. We kind of I don't know. There's a lot of speculation going around on what his job exactly is, uh, but. I think we've determined he's not a yes man, but uh, he doesn't necessarily run the show. He's got some learning to do. John Gruden's still the man. But Mike Mayock's there, man. I like it. I like the hire. Me too. I like uh, I like the hire of Mike Mayock. Look, he knows the draft. And like I was touching on last week, he probably has so much respect throughout the whole scouting community. Um, someone this week kind of described and touched on what I was saying, but in a better way. He's like a made man in uh, the scouting community. So he's going to have a lot of uh, opportunity to bring in guys to the Raiders organization that he likes um, that are kind of probably big time in their field. And we're going to be able to have a knowledgeable guy in our front office in Mayock 
that knows the draft as well as anyone. And let's be honest, if, what's the biggest like negative when it comes to John Gruden as a general manager type, even though Mayock's the GM, mm -hmm. is his drafting ability. Yeah. A lot of questionable draft picks throughout his career of calling the shots. And so to have someone that can kind of talk back like, hey, no, this is a dumb thing to do. Or, yeah. This guy's a, a draftable guy at this position. He's a scheme fit. He's got a lot of talent. Fifth round steal here. You got to jump up and get him. I'm really happy that Gruden has someone that he respects like Mayock on his side with a lot of draft prowess. Yeah. And also Mayock's already brought in his uh, first assistant or, you know, whatever title he's going to have. Tell us about uh, tell, tell us about his new hire. Who is it? Ryan, Ryan Grigson uh, from Indianapolis. Um, there's two parts to this. And the first part is kind of what everyone's been freaking out about a little bit is that when you look at a new hire, you look at his previous work. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his previous work. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, he had a, a really good draft. Um, initially, he got he brought in Andrew Luck, T.Y. Mm -hmm. Hilton, started with a bang. Uh, Andrew Luck is a rookie that made the playoffs and he won executive of the year. But he made a lot of decisions in the coming years after that. They cost him his job, understandably. I think the Colts did the right thing parting ways with him. And, uh, you know, he made a lot of decisions that would scare me if he was the Raiders GM. But there's this other part in this and that he's not the Raiders GM. Yeah. Not only is he not the GM, but the actual GM isn't even Mike Mayock <laughs> isn't even going to be calling the real shots. John yeah. Gruden is the guy. Yeah. So what uh, Grigson's going to be able to do is he's a guy with experience as a general manager, five years with the Colts. So yeah. he's going to give Mayock the day-to-day -day how to organize and run a football team from a personnel perspective, how to organize the scouting community, the day-to-day -day stuff that Mayock was touching on in his interview that yeah. he's not experienced in. I think Grigson will be good in that aspect. Hey, this is how you do it. I made some mistakes here. You can, you know, I, I would do it this way. Um, this is how I would organize this, that. So experience is the good thing um, that I would take from it. And uh, I think Mayock does need that. Yeah, exactly. And I like how you touched on that. That's exactly what Mayock said coming into it. You know, he's, he, he can understand, he can see talent, he can draft, but he doesn't know the day-to-day -day stuff yet as a general manager, which he maybe quite doesn't need to. I mean, the experience isn't there and it's not really needed yet. And then for Grigson, I mean, it's a good thing, I guess, if, if we're worried about his previous general manager work, it's a good thing he's not our general manager, man. He could be anything from just a consultant or actually maybe Mayock's right-hand man. I mean, that's kind of maybe what I'd imagine he is. But uh, like you said, man, his history, not the best. I think uh, he had a little over, was it five seasons or something with the Colts? Uh, they're 52 and 34 overall. Uh, and I like that. Andrew Luck, it kind of highlighted his career there for a minute, man. It made him look like he was the guy. Uh, yeah. Was able T. to. T.Y. Hilton, too. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton, Hilton was a good, was a good one. You know, well. but then he had his downsides. You know, he, he right. traded that first round pick for the Trent Richardson, you know, the big bust in the Browns. I mean, that was. It was one of those things. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that it ruins your credibility. Just, I mean, this one move right there. And then, of it course, Philip Dorsett, you know, he, he reached maybe for this gadget wide receiver, small guy, came into the NFL, maybe it was going to be something special. Uh, didn't pan out. He got traded away the next season. So it's just little things like that. I look back on the on his rap sheet, and it's just like, mm, yeah, good thing you're just uh, maybe a consultant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, you know, like we talk, talked about, Mayock does need that. But at the same time, you know, is he like 
is he a football mind that I'm super excited is now in the Raiders, mm. you know, front office building? No, yeah. I'm not really like super excited about it. But if you look at it, you know, glass half full, he does have experience that Mayock maybe can lean on a little bit. Um, at the end of the day, I think this is probably a minimal impact move. Um, I don't think he's going to have a lot of push or pull in uh, the draft room um, or, you know, with free agents. I think uh, I think at the end of the day, it's Gruden and then Mayock. And those two guys are going to be deciding who's going to be wearing silver and black in the future years. Yeah. And uh, since we've been talking about the Colts, they opened up the playoffs for us this morning. And, uh, man, they lit it up. They went out there and they played like a football team. They're a contender this year, man. They are. I mean, Casey should watch out. Look, yeah. Andrew Luck is an elite quarterback. He's really good, and he's got protection this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's, you know, the way the scheme, um, you know, they, they originally brought in McDaniels, right, and he backed out. Yeah. So um, I believe you pronounce his name right, Frank Wright. He came in, and, uh, you know, he has a great scheme. Andrew Luck gets rid of the football. Their offensive line protection is good. Everyone got mad that they drafted Nelson uh, as the guard in the first round with the sixth overall pick. That turns out to be a huge uh, tone setter for them to yeah. open up holes for Marlon Mack. So they're balanced. They have an elite quarterback and Darius Leonard on the other side, He's a stud, the man. best linebacker this year, right? He's he a is stud. a stud. Then they have like 115 million in cap space next year. That's yeah. what's crazy about it, but they are trending in the right direction and they're dangerous right now. They're balanced. They can play both, uh, both ways, offense, defense, they'll run it. They'll pass it. Um, they're a dangerous football team and you know kansas city we all know they have a tendency of being one and done was the last time they won a playoff game (laughs) at arrowhead so hopefully um, not anytime soon yeah that should be a good one next week but the colts played really well today they stifled deshaun watson and uh ran the football i love marlon mack and that o-line of the colts so it was it was fun to watch yeah and i know you're hot on uh, Le'Veon bell being a raider but i think uh the colts might be as big as competition right now that's uh Ooh. Why though? Why oh. would they? They have Marlon Mack. Why, yeah, why you're right. Pay, paying a veteran running back is rarely a smart thing to do. Yeah. And Mack's playing really well for yeah. them. Uh, I would, I would just load up, continue to load up on defense and O line and more receivers for Andrew Luck. I'd, yeah. I'd keep rolling with Marlon Mack, man. I think that would be smart. But yeah, maybe, maybe they load up and pay Bell. They surely can. They, they can afford it. Yeah, and I, I still like their little rookie guy, uh, Naheem Hines. Just kind of, he can't right. develop, he has his own unique role. I mean, he can't do a whole lot. He's not a full-time running back. But he's electric, man. He gets out there and he does some cool stuff. So, And then, of course, this afternoon, the game uh, wasn't the outcome. I mean, this is part of uh, watching the playoffs this year as a Raider fan. You know, we need the Cowboys to lose and the Bears to lose. Uh, had they both lost, our picks would be somewhere between 21 and 24. Not sure how uh, the mathematics work out. Not very good at math anyways, so I'm not going to attempt it. But now that pushes them to what, at least number 25? 20, 25 to 29, I think, um, will be the Cowboys pick if they lose next week to the Saints, which I project they will. And if the Bears can somehow lose to the Eagles tomorrow, huh. their pick would be between 21 and 24. So yeah, we need that. We definitely gotta we gotta root for uh, the Eagles tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but man, that's just the Cowboys winning today. It's just another thing with this 2018 season. Even though we've dipped into 2019 now, but this 2018 season is just everything that can go wrong <laughs> goes wrong for the Raiders. So hopefully it can stop tomorrow and we can catch a break. Yeah. 
yeah, and unfortunately, not even just taking a Cowboys win. Uh, Mari Cooper did have a good game. I'll give it to he him. Did. I've been calling him out, yards. man. Yeah, plus charts. Yeah. yeah, I've been. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been on his case, so uh, I'll give him some credit. I mean, he's playing good. And he, you know, I wasn't with you on at first. I thought some of his comments was just kind of Raider Nation being a little salty, but his recent comment bugged me the wrong way when he started. You know, I believe it was just a couple days ago, but his like, you know, Dak goes on the field and high fives, <laughs> and you know, it's like, dude. Give me a break. It's a freaking like, high five, man. Is that all you know, wanted like, in Oakland? You could have came no, out. I would have high fived you, bro. I would have high fived you. I know at the end of the game, like Dak's going to make the play. And you know what? Give him credit. Dak made a big boy play today. I even yeah. tweeted out that run for a first down to set up the touchdown at the end. I said that was a big boy play by yeah. Dak. I got to give him credit. But I mean, Derek Carr has like 17 game winning drives in five years. So don't say like you didn't yeah. look at your previous quarterback's eyes and know he could lead you down the field. I mean, I thought that was kind of a cheap shot, but kind of, kind of, uh, you know, it was a good time for him to say it because Dak played well in the clutch today. Yeah, and you can't say like so. There's so many times that I've seen mic'd up videos of Derek Carr going out there, or he's sitting on the sideline, and he, you know, uh, he tells Charles Woodson, man, it's Charles Woodson's last game. He tells him, you know, you make this stop, man, I'll go down and we'll win this game, you know, type deal. Or does the same thing. Him and Khalil Mack, you know, you get this, man, or you know, you go down and score a touchdown, you know, we'll we'll hold him, man. It, it, there's so much communication already about that how could you say man like an act like you've never had a quarterback with that kind of attitude that's kind of what fires me up it's like you're just writing <laughs> off you know the type of person he is I mean I could say if you want to say like oh and he didn't give me the looks that I wanted but now he's writing off literally like I mean his his team skills you know his uh his interaction with his teammates and that's just something that's like man that's a that's a cheap shot right there you know I mean up until uh this playoff game Coop kind of went quiet. Yeah, kind of like it. what he'd been, uh, what he did with the Raiders through a lot of stretches. So, look at the end of the day, Omari Cooper. He's just in his honeymoon phase still yeah. with the Cowboys, and you know his new quarterback's the greatest thing ever. His last quarterback's the worst thing ever. That's fine. At the end of the day, Omari Cooper to me um, is a really good wide receiver too. I don't think he's a true franchise wide receiver one. And if they're going to pay him, you know, the 17, 18 million dollars a year he wants, great. But I'm happy we got the first round pick. Hopefully they lose next week and we can, uh, you know, end this whole cowboy rooting against and Amari Cooper talking about Derek Carr. Let's just he should worry about the Cowboys and we'll move on after next weekend. Yeah. Cool. Now let's quit talking about this chump, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, man. <laughs> You're bringing it up. man. It's your own fault. Hey, you know, I just thought I'd make it clear. And I wish he could hear me tell him, tell him, dude, that you just need to keep the Raiders out your mouth. That's it. Just enjoy Dallas. That's all I ask. Yeah. Once once a Raider, always a Raider. But uh, Coop's nah. trending in the, the Rod Woodson direction at this point. So. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I already ripped my dog's name off the top of his doghouse, man. <laughs> he has no name right now. He has no yeah, name. I don't nah, even care. It's belly rubbing Mo, dude. Belly rubbing Mo. Belly rubbing Mo Hurst, dude. That's <laughs> come, your dog's name. Come here, Mo. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool, man. So, like I said, we're getting in the linebacker group. Let's uh, let's just jump into it, Chris. You ready? Let's do it. So first, Chris, I just want to talk about the current linebackers that are on the roster. Uh, how many do we got total? We got five uh, linebackers on the roster right now: uh, Whitehead, uh, Lee, Wilbur, Cabinda, and Morrow. Okay. So to hear Whitehead, you know, we just brought him in, and he's kind of been one of those players that he can do it all. You know, he's a He's a jack of all trades, master of none, and for the most part, he had a he had a rough start to his season, 
and started to you know he picked up the pace although he's still I mean we, we kind of expected the signing him he wasn't a he wasn't a coverage linebacker we should we shouldn't expect too much but uh that's where he struggled this year that was his uh that was his big downside he has two years left he has a 4.1 million cap hit next year he has a 7.3 million cap hit in 2020 which to me is worth it he played he played great he's gonna be 29 years old I mean he still totaled 126 tackles and nine of them being for a loss so I like him man I mean I see him being a Raider the next couple years what do you think definitely next year um he was part of that whole end of the year bonus thing I believe um with Jordy Nelson and all that to where kind of got a bonus like you're going into next year we'll clear some cap space for next year we know you're going to be on the team type deal so um but uh yeah they got him for like 4.3 million next year i think he's the emotional leader on the defense he's a really hard worker like you said he played well down the stretch he got better um for a lot of the year he was poor in coverage i think he had like the worst pff uh, grade uh, for among linebackers in uh on passing plays where he was targeted doesn't surprise me uh another thing that's kind of a con is there's not a lot of like impact plays there I kind of thought him coming over um he would have more of an impact on the game but there was you know a lot of times where he just was kind of yeah I mean he makes tackles he's he's a he's an okay player but I kind of expected more bringing him over from Detroit obviously the the last game fresh in everyone's minds he dropped a couple interceptions that could have changed the game but at the end of the day he's not you know paid to catch interceptions right it's if he's just a little bit more dependable um like he was toward the end of the year in pass coverage and then uh stopping the run um i think uh you know he it will help his cause to be on the raiders not just in 2019 but also in 2020 but with that being said he's pretty price efficient with 4.3 million next year but the 7.3 in 2020 um if they decide to part with him after next year and he doesn't step it up or the Raiders maybe draft someone that's a little better, they can basically that 7.3 million, I believe is mostly all not guaranteed. So they can basically save the 7 million in cap space if they cut him after next year. Yeah. And just like I was saying, he's the emotional leader also along with him. I was very high on this guy coming in. Uh, he was kind of the standout in camp. He was real vocal. Even the energy you see on the television, man, he brought it to the practice field. Markel Lee. Um, I expected him to make a little bit of a bigger jump. Um, I think they thought that he was going to fill the hole. Uh, middle linebacker, you know, they gave him the chance. And he's a leader. He, he's there, but he can't He can't quite do everything, I don't think, that uh, Gunther was asking from that middle linebacker position. He started the first 10 games, and then they eventually moved him over to Sam. And that's where he really stood out. I think they put him in a good position to succeed. It's not necessarily as big of a role, but... I, li- I like what I've seen from him, and he still has two years on his contract, but that's a rookie contract and a very nice one. So uh, I expect him to maybe, you know, coming into these contract years, hopefully he steps up and uh, starts making some big plays for us. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's he's cheap. Next two years, 708000 and then 798000 Yeah, That's cheap. He's a, he's a good player. Um, you know, he's probably our best, I mean, most consistent linebacker, I'd say, over the last couple seasons. Um, yeah. He plays the run really well. He's athletic. Like we said, he's cheap. Um, he's versatile. He can play Mike. He can play Will. He can play Sam. Um, when we did move in Cabinda to Mike and he moved to Sam, he did kind of up his play a little bit. I'd say probably the biggest con about Mark Lee is that he's not dynamic and he's mm-hmm. probably our like the best we got really, Yeah. at least in terms of value. And that's probably the biggest issue is that 
he's their best guy, but that's, I mean, he wouldn't start or play a lot on a lot of other teams. No, so no, yeah. um, great value where we got him at a wake forest. I believe he's a fifth round pick in 2017 and he's played solid for the Raiders. But like I said, probably the biggest con is that he's our best, most consistent linebacker. We need to, to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. For both of them. Uh, I'd, I'd love to keep him on the roster, but like you said, there's room for improvement there. Uh, they, they, they both, I mean, they can, I guess, fit the system in a good defense maybe, but uh, I see him as good depth guys. You know, throw him in the game and, and let him make some plays, bring the energy. Uh, they, could, they could be good role players. So. They can be. And then, you know, maybe another year in the system with Gunther, maybe Lee takes the leap that we really wanted him to this year, you know? Yeah. So there's always that opportunity. He's cheap enough to keep around the next two years and allow him to continue to grow and he has potential to be starting caliber but um they just you know we just need better play out of that position group kind of like a lot of other position groups uh that we have so yeah and just like uh i mean our entire defense went through a crazy rotation maybe halfway through the year we also Man, uh nicholas morrow was uh kind of subject to that he was you know i believe our first maybe eight to ten weeks i mean we were just almost dead last in linebacker pass coverage and finally you know we start to insert our gadget player that's pretty uh speedy he can cover tight ends uh they finally he started the last five he started five of the last six games and uh ended up 43 tackles three passes defended a forced fumble and a sack so he had a pretty strong end of the season that's another guy that i mean unless we can bring in another athletic coverage linebacker i see moro uh he could he could stick around and next year uh, is a contract year for him so you know nicholas morrow is probably my favorite linebacker on the go. raiders um yeah we got him for 647k in 2019 um he's our best coverage linebacker he's athletic he's got range i feel like he improved a little bit um playing the run but like you said the first six games he played seven defensive snaps total. crazy crazy all special teams Crazy. And I felt like he was one of their better players on defense, more promising players on defense last year. Yeah. And finally, he started playing, um, you know, over the last 10 games, he played 409 snaps. Three of the last four games, he played 75 plus percent of the defensive snaps. So he definitely earned his way on the field, earned the coaching staff's trust. I think they realized they needed to give him a look. And I feel like, man, it's just me. But Nicholas Moore, the last couple of years when he's on the field, I feel like he plays well. So yeah. I'm not sure what's going on in practice, what's going on in the film room. But when he gets on the field, he can play. He's and, always around the ball. Um, yeah, he's always around the ball. And in, the, in a league with so much passing, you got mm-hmm. in your in your division, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Phillip Rivers. Um, you need guys, linebackers, that can cover. And there's a lot of good running backs that they throw to. Oh, yeah. um, you need them to be speedy to catch up and spy on the quarterback and I mean, uh, I feel like Morrow needs to play more. So maybe this offseason he can continue to get the uh, the coaching staff's trust where maybe he can get more of a prominent role next year. Yeah, we need Especially it. in passing situations. Seven snaps through six weeks is it's terrible. crazy. It's terrible. And, and I questioned it for many weeks. I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's just not right. playing out. But he stepped in there and hopefully earned a spot for next year. That's uh, Those are my top three right there. Also, yeah. uh, next guy on the list, Jason Cabinda. What do you think about Jason? Well, he was, uh, you know, out of Penn State, um, finally was uh, signed to the active roster in the middle of the season. Yeah. He's got potential at Mike. When we slotted uh, Markel Lee over to the Sam and then put Cabinda in, played him a decent amount at Mike, yeah. um, 
he showed some potential. I think there's there's a lot to tap into there. I think he still needs to develop. I wouldn't like peg him next year through the uh, free agency and the draft is like, all right, he's our Mike next year. I definitely try to yeah. upgrade, but yeah. give him the opportunity to compete and, and earn a spot. Um, you know, they can uh, they can sign him as an exclusive rights free agent um, for five hundred and seventy thousand if they so choose. Uh, so that's up to the Raiders. But I definitely think that'd be a smart investment. Yeah, like you said, I like that. Kabinda comes in. He plays a solid role. Uh, he, he played well. I didn't really see too many mistakes from him. Seemed like he was filling his gaps down there in the middle. He wasn't no standout player, and he's not necessarily a lock for me for next year uh, unless we can't. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of linebackers, even in the draft. So Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of options. I do think, though, exclusive rights for 570K, at the end of the day, his half season, that's all he's played in the NFL. Yeah. I would bring him, let him compete. Oh yeah. Well, wasn't it's not like if he's not cutting it that they can't cut him come exactly. end of August. But uh, I'd give him a shot for sure. I thought he showed enough there. I think they like him. We'll yeah. see what happens though. Yeah, I agree. And uh, our last guy here, Kyle Wilbur. He got hurt uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, what was the injury on him? Yeah, I believe it was a hamstring injury. Um, nonetheless, when you look at him, they got him for. One and a half million next year. However, they do have some options. They can cut them for two hundred fifty thousand dead money, free up a little over, I believe, one point two five million in cap space if they cut them. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, he's on the Bisaccia special teams tree, you know, along the Keith Smith and Dwayne Harris line. He's a solid special teams player, so I think they probably bring him back. Um, the issue with Wilbur is that. He's a special teams, solid depth guy, but when yeah. you start relying upon him to play a lot of snaps on defense like they did in certain points this season, he's not a playmaker. Uh, he's not a guy that, that I want out there playing a lot. He's, uh, you know, kind of doesn't have a strength really, um, you know, not necessarily excels in pass coverage or as a run thumper. Um, so he's best as a depth guy, special teams player. Um, so when he starts seeing the field, um, you know you're either really beat up or you don't have a lot of depth. Yeah, and they must have seen something in him because uh, he was uh, part of the four that got their 2019 bonus paid for. So I guess they uh, have his role carved out, you know, special teams, like you said, maybe just some depth. But let's just hope he doesn't see the field on defense. We don't need him out there. We need we need talent. So when it, if it gets down to Kyle Wilbur, then uh, we didn't do our job in uh, free agency or the draft. I agree. So speaking of the draft – Let's uh, let's dive into some linebackers. And normally I'd say, hey, Chris, what's your favorite linebacker? But I don't want you to take my guy because I'm so hot on Devin White, man. I love this okay. kid. I love this okay. kid, man. LSU. I mean, you can't beat LSU, man. They, they produce some real gritty defensive players no matter where they're at, whether it's on the defensive line. I mean, defensive back university right there, man. They, they pull out some secondary players, no doubt. And uh, this year they're producing – in my eyes, obviously the uh, top middle linebacker. He uh, he's speedy. Uh, he can he brings uh, some heat off the edge, man. He can he can uh, stuff the run. I mean he's pretty good in coverage. Uh, he runs uh, I think a four point four nine forty yard dash. Has a thirty eight inch vertical. Um, he came out of high school, man. He was a he was a running back. He was like the the number five running back in the country coming out of high school. And then he switched over to the linebacker. Of course, that was uh, Fournette. I believe that took that job over. He moved over to the defensive side of the ball and just went after it. Um, he played 34 games total as a Tiger. So, you know, that's just a hair over two seasons. He had 286 total tackles 
eight and a half sacks, one interception, and six passes defensed, four forced fumbles. So, I mean, this guy, he's the total package. Put him, uh, put him anywhere, man. I mean, but he's the answer at middle linebacker, I think, for us. You're going to get Raider Nation so jacked on another <laughs> first-round linebacker <laughs> that we're going to pass on, and it's all going to be your fault, really. I'm going to get us jacked on everybody. Through this, I know. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, we've got a lot of top prospects. I mean, they're not linebackers, so I don't want to touch into them. But I just see Devin White as one of those guys that we ah, – I don't mind us reaching for him at four, you know? Just kind of one of those guys. Who else uh, Who else do you like in the draft? At four, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty – um, high for a linebacker, but Devin White is a game changer. Um, he would answer, check a box that the Raiders haven't checked in a long time. Um, he has it all. He runs a four six forty. I think he's projected to run, and uh, he would be a dynamic playmaker um, in the middle for the Raiders. But there are other options. Um, should they go like Quinn and Williams, um, you know, and they want to take a linebacker in the late first, second mm-hmm. round, third round. I mean, you watch Alabama. Um, they got their national title game. You know, Mac Wilson, inside yeah. linebacker. You got Trey Lamar, uh, Clemson on the other side. Um, he's another guy. I mean, 6'3", 240, inside linebacker, run thumper, athletic. Um, and then you got some, like, later round guys. I mean, um, Anthony Jennings, he's a kind of an inside-outside linebacker from Alabama. He'll be in the national title game. And then there's a guy I really like, Cameron Smith out of USC, 6'2", 250, um, kind of probably going to run like a 4'6", 5'40", he's projected. Um, I feel like he's a guy that the, the the Raiders could get in like maybe third, fourth round I'd be comfortable with. Yeah. Um, that'd be some really good value there. Um, but there's a bunch of guys. I mean, and that's, that's why having like a guy like Mike Mayock um, in the front office who knows the draft well, I have a feeling that he's probably going to snag a good value mid-round inside linebacker to try to uh, bring in maybe with another free agent to compete for that uh, Mike spot. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Mac Wilson, man. He's uh, his stats are uh, they're not all there, but you got to remember uh, Alabama. I mean, they blew out so many teams. He wasn't playing full games, so he has a lot of, in my eyes, untapped potential. You see him out there, and you know you brought it up earlier. It's a passing league, and Mac Wilson, that's what he specializes in. Uh, last few seasons, right. he's had six interceptions. You don't see that from uh, your everyday linebacker. So to bring him in, that'd be big time. And, and What does that show you, too? He's got ball skills. Exactly. Linebackers with ball skills, huge. I mean, that, that ties into the game-changing, versatile thing that you need with a linebacker you know, to kind of man your team, man your defense. The Raiders haven't had that. So yep. and the keep second on round, going with it. Ooh, second round, man. Book it. Bring that'd be it. it. That'd be it. And uh, lastly, I think the, the last guy that I like in this draft, uh, I can't help it because I'm a Michigan guy. I had to bring in Devin Bush. Okay. Um, he's a little undersized, kind of a shorter guy, but it doesn't really mean nothing, man. He's played 32 games. That's two seasons worth right there. Uh, 100, <laughs> 172 tackles, uh, 18 and a half tackles for loss and 10 sacks uh he's not the biggest guy but he uh puts his head down uh he gets behind that line of scrimmage man he makes some plays that's what i like hey, to don't, see don't feel bad about you know what the numbers say as far as his size i mean how many times year after year in this draft do people get over analyzed and yep. obsessed about how tall they are what they weigh what their 40 is um you know how many reps they did in that or how high they jumped yep a lot of the times the really good players didn't stand out at the combine or their measurables weren't fantastic. So if you feel like there's a there's a gamer 
And that's what Mayock's looking at, I guarantee you, and Gruden. Yeah. I feel like he, there's a gamer, good value, guy who's smart, ball skills. Draft him. Yeah, you got you to be able to sense those intangibles. And he brought that up. I, I hate that he brought up Carson Wentz in the deal because it kind of made everyone overreact to it. But for him to be able to, you know, say, like, he was able to sit down with him and just find out what makes him tick. And that's kind of what we need to do with all of our draft picks. Even if they're not, you know, first-round potential, you know, those later rounds, you got to find the guys that can end up being first-round potential. You know, like the guys that work through it a couple off-seasons and they just have that chip on their shoulder, they're gritty, and uh, they just, you know, become their, their own guy. They just uh, You're right. You're right. Mayock talked about what kind of kid they are, you know, like yep. you said, what makes them tick. And that's huge. Um, you know, the, the type of culture that John Gruden's creating, uh, a couple episodes ago we talked about, um, how he's kind of trimmed the fat, the guys that were more about me than uh, than football. And, you know, that's that's what we need to draft. We need to draft guys that are like that. We need to bring in free agents that are like that, um, that have high football IQs, that love the game, and in some instances can kind of overcome some, uh, you know, maybe they're not tall enough or mm-hmm. they're not, you know, their build isn't the typical prototype for a linebacker. Yeah. It's what you got inside your mental IQ for the game and your love for the sport and your dedication. That's huge. Yeah. So there we are, man. We named uh, four or five middle linebackers that I think can fill our starting middle linebacker spot next year. And that's, uh, I mean, you got four rounds to do it. I see, I see Devin Bush and Mac Wilson being there anywhere from two to four. I mean, Mac, of course, gonna be second rounder, Devin Bush, fourth round if we're lucky, but those are guys that can fill the spot and I'm going to be frustrated if we can't get somebody, somebody, I mean, <laughs> pick one. I mean, Mike Mayock, man, I'm going to tag you in this on Twitter since he's still got your Twitter handle there. <laughs> I'm going to tag you in this. You better hopefully. delete that, man. <laughs> you better delete that. Either that or hopefully he just never checks it because Raider Nation's going to be <laughs> pounding the table for this guy or that guy. But also a big thing here is that free agency is first. So it'll be uh, interesting to see who they bring in and who they don't bring in, maybe some positions that they leave. Yeah. Um, maybe a little open to where, hey, maybe they have their eyes on a certain guy. Although, theoretically, you should plug all your holes in free agency and then drafts kind of the icing on the cake in the draft. But uh, maybe we can kind of predict a little bit once the free agency waves start coming. So in the free agent class this year for linebackers, it's not completely loaded, but there's some stuff in there. Of course, uh, you know, you scroll through a list, and the name that pops out most to me is C.J. Mosley. Um, I don't necessarily see him walking into free agency. I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a shame. I mean, he's only 26 years old. Uh, if Baltimore really, you know, let him hit the market, he could be uh, he could be as good as gone. I mean, that's a that's a bidding war waiting to happen. He's way too young and uh, already just such a standout player. Uh, but if he does, man, that's it. That's a that's a home run hit for the Raiders. If they get him to Alameda into that facility. In the free agency wave, they better not let him leave. Nope. Um, C.J. Mosley's probably a guy that's going to be signed at 2 a.m. right after the midnight. <laughs> like you know, um, he's a really good player, impact player. What have we been talking about? Guys wow. that um, that can make a difference every game. Um, that are game changers. And C.J. Mosley's just that. Um, he's a versatile linebacker, smart player, brings it. I mean, kind of get chills talking about it. I mean, that's the type of players that the Raiders need. Yeah. You know, they need players. They need elite talent. Grinders. They don't have a – yeah, man. <laughs> they play in the dirt, man. No. But uh, now C.J. Mosley would be easily 
the best defensive player on the Raiders if they were able to snatch him. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It'd be kind of hard to believe that Baltimore would let him go. Yeah. I mean, they, they tend to, like, hang on to their, their big-time defensive players, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's what's hard talking about free agents because you look at this list and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then before we get there, man, they're just all back with their same old team. Right. <laughs> it just, it no, happens. It's difficult, but it's still talking points. It still gets you know us oh, yeah. fans excited you oh, know, yeah. about the possibilities. Yeah. And even though it's 5% chance this move happens, you know, blah, 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 it's still fun to talk about. Yeah. And then you see names like uh, D Ford pop up. Don't man. necessarily. I mean, man. I don't see how he doesn't get franchise tagged. But if he does, whoo, that's some speed right Gosh. there off the edge. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, 13 think, sacks. 13. I think that that John Gruden and Mike Mayock in free agency, I tweeted about it earlier this week, and I kind of got some backlash on it. I think there's some people that, you know, even though we have $80 million in cap space, that we're going to be, you know, really conservative. I think he's going to go after a couple of big ticket players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I look at those positions, I think one of them, offensively is going to be running back or wide receiver yeah and then on the other side i think he's going to pay an edge rusher and obviously when i say big ticket not talking 23 million a year like khalil max getting or aaron donald's getting but i can see him paying 17 million 16 million dollars a year to a proven uh really good edge rusher and uh you know, I think D Ford probably might be a little bit out of our price range, but I do think that John Gruden is going to pay someone heavy to come in and uh, and provide a presence on the outside, on top of whatever draft pick we probably get um, to to you know kind of go along with Arden Key, which is probably our best pure pass rusher right now. But uh, yeah, edge rusher and running back or wide receiver, I think we're going to pay some money this yeah. offseason. And uh, bring in some heavy hitters, and I'm excited about that. D Ford would be nice. I mean, yeah, that would be really nice. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, and the list goes on, man. You got D Ford. You got Clowney coming up. If he uh, he's another player, uh, it'd be a shame if the Texans let him leave. I mean, he's he's been underwhelming. But is Clowney gonna want Mac money though? And it and also is Clowney really that? Like Clowney's mm. a really really good player. Okay, he, I'm not. He, he flashes, but yeah, you're right. He's not consistent. I mean. He has a pretty good guy on the other side in J.J. Watt, yeah, right? And he's not standing out. I don't out. feel like Clowney dominates no. like a no. guy, like an Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack, and I know he's going to want 20-something million a year. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to pay him that. 14 um, games he's played this year, only nine sacks. Yeah, I mean. Mm. He's, he's good I on the run, though. I mean, I'll give him that. He's a run no, stopper. He is. No, he's, he's a really good player. He would be. He sets the edge. Other than but. he would be by far and away the best defensive player on the Raiders if we were to bring him. He would be <laughs> huge. He would change our our edge rush and our D line hundred percent. But I'd rather not pay him twenty two twenty one million dollars a year. I Very don't true. feel like he's that good to be paid that much. Um, you know, and I obviously, you know, when I think of Clowney, I think of that Connor Cook playoff game where he dominated yeah. Connor Cook through him that easy, like fake screen to the other side that was mm-hmm. inter- easily intercepted um so you know he's had really good moments but uh, yeah he's flashed I but i didn't i don't know if i'd get in the clowny sweepstakes it's been, nah it's been under it's been underwhelming like 18 five or lower yeah um but i think he's gonna get paid yeah. so yeah. see we'll see if houston wants to keep him or i don't know man i don't know if houston wants to pay that much for him we'll see yeah it's underwhelming because they got a big uh they'll have a deshaun watson contract coming up here soon so uh yeah. hmm 
And he's still got to, you know, I mean, J.J. Watt has some uh, miles left, and that's one player that they'll never get rid of. He's That guy's – if he doesn't retire a Texan, I'm going to be very disappointed in Houston. Right. No, and, J.J. Watt, he's – I mean, when you think of the Houston Texans, I think of two players. I think of David Carr. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think of uh, – I think of J.J. Watt, and I think of Andre Johnson. Yeah. Those two players are – are the best players in Houston Texans history, and J.J. Uh, Watt deserves to retire a Texan for sure. Yeah, I also think of uh, DeAndre Hopkins breaking D'Angelo Hall's ankle at, on the practice field. That's Man, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. That was the end of uh, D. Hall as a as a CB. I'm yeah. pretty sure he switched yeah. to safety for that, and he was like, can't keep up anymore. Uh. Man, now we're just going into free agency, and then you go and bring up D'Angelo Hall, one of the biggest busts in free agency history for the Raiders. Ruining his career. You're sending out more bad vibes. Well, you know what? He deserved that. He deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't believe Al Davis paid him so much money. Oh, it was but ridiculous. And I was, I was so thinking, excited, man, too. Him and Asamwa, man, they're going to be great together. Yeah, and yeah I was so gosh, excited. She was cut by, like, week seven, right? Yeah. So. Man, I was so excited for that. But I also have, man, I got a few more names. One guy that I haven't, for some reason, I haven't heard anybody talking about him. I mean, he's also been a little underwhelming. He was, uh, I think, an early first-round draft pick uh, a couple years ago. Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, He just got traded from the Jaguars to the Rams. And he's coming up now on if the Rams are going to, you know, give him his fifth-year option. Uh, $14 million cap hit for a fifth-year option does... Did they already exercise? They must have, before this past season, exercised their option, right? Um, or maybe the Jaguars if, did before I'm they I'm thinking maybe the Jaguars did. They can he, still cut them, though, uh, by, like, I think the third day of the league year. Isn't that the, the timeline mm, for that? You, but, know, you know more than I do. Yeah, I think uh, I, I remember when, you know, Fowler was coming out and I wanted the Raiders to draft him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, hasn't quite had... Uh, lived up to the hype no um, but he's a he's a good player though i mean don't get me wrong if we can get him at the right price I, I would be more than willing to see him as a raider yeah that's talent for sure i see him kind of as a young bruce Irvin, can bring some pressure but he's only had 16 sacks in the last three seasons so yeah. mm, i mean it's one of those guys you don't break the bank on him but i uh, wouldn't be uh <laughs> look at us get I'm, I'm trying to get picky man just <laughs> no yeah i feel you yeah give I us anyone <laughs> on a player like that it's um i don't know if he be searching for a prove it deal since he's kind of struggled yeah Uh, but he is a good player but again he's a guy i might want on you know not overpriced i don't want to overpay for a guy like that i would be okay maybe overpaying a little bit for a guy like d ford i'd be okay maybe overpaying a little bit for a guy like cj right yeah but guy who's kind of on the downtrend i would i would try to get on a deal and if not um so be it we'll uh, we'll look we'll look elsewhere you know, we go we go through this whole list, and it's all pretty. It's all it's all done up. All these great players that we see, and for some reason, man, I just I get these weird vibes, dude. I, I see the list, and there's two names that for some reason I see them. I'm like, these are gonna be the guys that the Raiders end up with. I see Clay Matthews, which he fell off this year. I mean, he's definitely he's not a standout guy. Uh, he pretty much strictly switched uh, to an outside linebacker role where he rushes the passer, but. The Packers kind of went into like a semi-rebuild. I mean, why else would you trade Clinton Dix? Uh, Dude, does he not have John Gruden written all over him, though? He is a prototype John Gruden veteran player, (laughs) grinder. He's got that, like, all-in attitude. He's a little crazy. Gosh, Gruden's probably just gushing in the film room right now watching tape, watching every, like, some of his, like, 
probably Pop Warner highlights, dude. Like, <laughs> come on, Clay, man, you, you can't be a wait grinder. to call his agent at twelve oh one, you know, a.m. Like, let's get him over here. But uh, yeah, that's that's it. I could see him being a Raider for sure. Come on, Clay, come play for the Raiders. He's definitely on the. <laughs> I mean, how much are you trying to pay for him, though? I feel like that's the thing. Yeah, the production hasn't been there. Um, he used to be a big time player. Oh, he's no a doubt. stud. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but you know, maybe we can get him on a deal. It's kind of on the downswing. Maybe we yeah. can get him in a good deal and bring his performance back up and squeeze some good value out of it. We'll yeah. see. But he so definitely fits the Gruden mold. Yeah, and now you, you'd have a, a new name to be able to put on the back of your Cleo Mack jersey. We'd have a new fifty-two to fill that role. Man, would he wear fifty-two <laughs> as a Raider? Man, do it, man. That'd do be it. interesting. I would. I, I would totally. Uh, I don't even I'd care. I try to get the Mac stitched off or do a Sean <laughs> tape job. I would say Matthews. I'd be down. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Sean Hildebrandt, man. I don't know if anybody yes, noticed this at the beginning of the season, but he he took his Cleo Mac jersey and he duct taped it up to make it look like a Jordy Nelson jersey, and he did a pretty good job. <laughs> he did a great job. You have to like double take to yeah. see that it's actually the gray like duct tape. Yeah, so. no, it was good. So I see, you know, I see Clay Matthews. Maybe he fills that fifty-two spot. But then for some reason, another name that stands out is Derek Morgan, uh, thirty-two years old, hitting free agency. Uh, same thing. Very underwhelming season. And Tennessee has a lot of young guys that are going to want to get paid here pretty soon. So you know they have the edge pressure already. Maybe they let him go. And Derek Morgan, 32 years old, only had, man, I think he only played half the season or a little over more than half the season and recorded a half sack. So he's nothing, nothing to drool over, but he could be a little bit of an improvement for what we have. I mean, bringing some veteran presence. All right, well, let me flip it around here. Um, As far as I know we were talking about free agency, linebackers, draft linebackers, all that. But in the offseason, there's going to be some trades going down, I'm sure. And, you know, if we all know John Gruden, he likes to execute a trade or two and uh, kind of mix things up, go after a player he likes. Obviously, the Martavis Bryant third-round pick, that didn't work out. That was bad. But do you see any guys on your radar um, with other teams that you'd be willing to part with a late first-round, second-round draft pick for that's maybe – has some rumblings that they're unhappy or the team's unhappy and they might be traded. Any, any guys you see Gruden bringing in via trade? Well, um, I saw a report a few days ago. John Elway from Denver was asked a question about Von Miller's future as a Bronco. And the summary of the report basically was him kind of beating around the bush and never you know, committed to saying anything that Von Miller was going to be a Bronco next year. So what happens... You know, whenever John throws a late first or early second at him, do they take it? They're in rebuild mode. I mean, they just traded away Demarius Thomas. I'll say this. Vaughn Miller would be huge. But um, when you when you look at would John Elway trade a premier player to the Raiders, Mm. that is the biggest hump for me. I feel Mm, like I feel like he might even trade him if you wanted to trade him and not even take as good of a deal just because it's the Raiders. Yeah. But if the Raiders come in heavy enough, maybe he considers it. Um, you know? But it was funny. I, I feel like I saw something about Vaughn Miller's mom on Instagram, and somehow she was like, Elway's the problem. Ooh. Like he's whiffed, he's whiffed on quarterbacks, and Ooh. it's not the defense's fault and all this stuff. There might be trouble in paradise, so you might have something going on there. But, man, I mean, as nice as that would be, I would totally – throw a late first well and maybe a fourth 
for Vaughn Miller. I totally would, but man, I mean, that seems like such a long shot. I feel oh, like yeah. it's, well, it's you nice know, to think about. But as a Raider, okay, maybe just seeing him not being a Bronco. Oh yeah, I'll no, take that'd it. be great. Please, him, I'm sure Derek Derek Carr would do some backflips oh, if yeah. he knew Vaughn Miller wasn't coming around the edge. Get him out of the division. Uh, well, for me, um, this has kind of been talked about a little bit. Um, kind of was thrown around that somehow it would be like two firsts, which I would never do. But I would definitely 100% consider trading a late first for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I yeah. would totally do that. I yeah. I know that. You know, him and the Jaguars got their thing going on. And, you know, Ramsey hasn't been citizen of the year, but we're the Raiders. I mean, since when do we care about that? As long as you love football, you love winning, yeah. you work hard. And I, I find Jalen Ramsey hilarious. Oh, I yeah. love his trash talk. I love his post-game stuff. Um, you know, I feel like there, if there's a franchise that would appreciate him um, and his abilities and, you know, everything else that comes with him, it would be the Raiders. And yeah. since when were the Raiders scared of that? And he's such a good player. Imagine Gary on Conley on one side, mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey on mm-hmm. the other side. Stop and, it. Stop it. You're getting me and too You happy. talk about scheme fit. <laughs> oh. Jalen Ramsey's good enough to play in any scheme. He's one hell of a corner. So he, he's his own scheme. Be, you just you throw oh, him in your system, yeah. you just say, here, Jalen, that's I your mean, guy. Don't let him get the ball. I, man, I, I would if I was I would definitely call Jacksonville and ask. You want a late first? You want our 25th pick in the draft for Jalen Ramsey? You want a late fourth or an early fifth, too? There you go. Yeah, Let's see, I watched. I, you know, I wouldn't do two first, though. No way. No one ever watches the Jaguars play, but I, I caught one game this year, and I caught it was like the fourth quarter. And uh, it was maybe like 14 seconds or so left on the clock, and they run a play to the sideline. I think, you know, they're trying to get a field goal in to tie the game. They throw it towards Jalen Ramsey's side, just a little dump off, and he gets towards the sideline to try and get out of bounds, and Ramsey just wraps this guy up and tosses him inside, doesn't let him step out, ends the game. I mean, it's... Smart player. Smart player. You tell me. You tell me. (laughs) I love that, dude. I love his stuff, man. Who and who had? I love that, dude. Oh, yep. And uh, Trash talking Tom Brady. That clip with A.J. Green, like, oh, man, that was bad. But, yeah, gosh. Ramsey Conley, you need that. Man, I'm getting excited. Well, would you would you do that late yeah. first for Ramsey? Maybe a fourth, two or a fifth. Oh. Would you do that? I mean, shoot. I mean, that solves our secondary help right there, man. That's all so we need. I, I feel like we draft, don't need a safety. Draft picks are huge, right? <laughs> yeah, but you have a little bit more of a luxury when you have three first round picks. Oh yeah, and also I think at times people overvalue first round picks. What was the mm-hmm. goal here? The goal is to bring in good football players to make your team better. Jalen Ramsey, there's probably, I'm just going to break it to you guys, there's probably like a 97% chance that he's twice as good as whoever they're going to draft. I mean, I'd be pretty confident in that 97%. Jalen Ramsey's one of the best corners in the NFL, so I would definitely offer that and throw in a little little butter on the side maybe a early fifth and say let's call it a day well you know the rams general manager came out this year and of course they're going crazy you know they're putting they're they're all in right now they're trading for everybody and he kind of said you know i feel like teams overvalue draft picks and he's right uh we look at the draft and even even as fans we criticize the crap out of everybody i mean of course now reggie's gone uh everybody misses him of course but you know we see all these bad draft picks and we get on him about it but 
what do you think the draft is? Like, do you think it's just loaded with talent? You know, do you think, like, hundreds of all-pro players come out of the draft every single year? No, every team misses. If you can hit one guy in that draft, you won the draft. I mean, you did a good job. If you can hit one Pro Bowl player every single year in the draft, you're doing a good job. I mean, you can't really it's expect. A, it's a crapshoot. It's yeah. a crapshoot. And if you trade a late first and an early fifth for Jalen Ramsey, you know you already hit on your draft pick. Yeah, and you still have two. Other, young enough. And you have two I other mean, picks to try and hit a first round yeah, talent. Exactly. That, that's why they, I'm saying they have a little bit more luxury to play around. Yeah. You trade your only first round pick yeah. if they only had one for Ramsey. That's all you get. But in this case, I mean, I, I would definitely be aggressive. And I know if I know John Gruden. And Mike Mayock, you know, obviously is going to be a little more calculated about it with him. But Gruden, he should pick up the phone. He should call Jacksonville oh, yeah. and and pursue that. Now yes. that brings me to another point. Okay. As far as the Raiders receiving calls, there's been a lot of talk about our quarterback, Derek Carr. And I, I know that, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the quarterback position, it's the most important position on any franchise. Um, but there's been a lot of talk about Jacksonville, speaking of Jacksonville, or the Giants picking mm-hmm. up the phone, mm-hmm. calling the Raiders about trading Derek Carr. Now, in my opinion, it's I think that would be a huge mistake. <laughs> it would be a huge mistake. I saw this thing where someone photoshopped a Giants uniform on Derek Carr, and it honestly, it, yeah. like, it made me sick because I just feel like we have a good thing going. We have a good quarterback. He's had one time in his career he's been in the same system for two straight years and that year he finished top three in mvp voting now it's not easy to every single year have a new head coach a new offensive coordinator a new system a new culture a new scheme it's difficult but i think we owe it to him to give him a chance to see if he can get back to that level oh yeah with better talent around him you know one time before he had his second year, it was his best year. Give him a chance. And I would not take a first-round pick for Derek Carr. I wouldn't take a top-10 pick for Derek yeah. Carr because it's so hard to find a quarterback. And, you know, do I think it's easier nowadays to find a quarterback than it was 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, Carr's done things in this league that not a lot of quarterbacks have done, yeah. um, leading a team to 12 wins in 15 games and finishing third in MVP voting, having a 28 to six touchdown interception ratio, um, having seven fourth quarter comebacks in one season. I mean, he's clutch, he's dedicated and, and you know, me as a Raider fan, I appreciate when a player loves being a Raider. Yeah. I think that's something that Derek Carr checks that box. He loves being a Raider. Um, but that being said, would there be a deal for Derek that you would consider like an, an overwhelming deal? Talk to me. You know what? Don't ask me stupid questions, Chris. We don't get rid of Derek Carr ever, all right? <laughs> okay, now, but here's my thing, man. You're going to make me go on a rant, and I don't, I don't like ranting. That's okay. But, uh, That's okay. Uh, now, this Look, whole— we got to talk about this stuff, even though oh, we yeah. both love Carr, right? We have to—this is all for Raider fans, and we have to accept the topic, even if we don't like it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It. If I start getting red in the face or my lips start turning purple, though— uh, your face maybe, is blue right now. You need to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken a breath that whole that whole conversation. You made me <laughs> nauseous thinking about that that Giants picture, and now, oh, dude, I'm t- the thing is all these uh, you know rumors. I guess you could say they're being fueled by Twitter trolls and guys that I don't know if they're doing it for attention. They just want to start conflict, but uh, I'd say 
nine out of the last ten guys that I've argued with uh, about this aren't even <laughs> – they have no solution. Uh, everyone wants to consider themselves, you know, oh, I'm not being negative. I'm just being realistic. But I haven't seen one realistic solution to this. Like, okay, so you want to, because he's not playing like his contract says he should be, that you want to you want to trade him off. So what do you expect to get out of the whole deal? I mean, I feel you. Where do we go from there? Okay, so oh, he's not a top fifteen quarterback, so he's not a franchise quarterback. There's thirty two teams in the NFL all trying to find that top quarterback. So what makes you think that just because that these guys are going to be available maybe in the draft, and like I said, just because. They're uh, going to be a top three pick in the NFL draft in 2019 or 2020. Doesn't mean they're going to be a franchise quarterback. So all of a sudden, for some reason, now everyone wants Derek gone. Now all of a sudden, every quarterback that comes out in the first round is going to be a franchise quarterback. You're, you're, you're preaching, preaching to the choir. I think there's a couple things that, that keeps being said, and that's number one, Derek's overpaid. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the point I tried to make this week, I was talking with some people that you know were wanting Carr to – be traded or whatever is that when you look at his contract, you got to thank Reggie McKenzie, the next four years cars cap numbers between 19 and 22 million, which is manageable. The going rate for a non rookie deal starting quarterback in the NFL now is like 20 million, 18 at the least 20 million is kind of the, the direction it's going for a, mid to low level starting quarterback sam bradford got 20 million case keenum got 18 million so really Derek carr's deal the next four years of what's remaining on his contract is doable i'm gonna wrap this up by just telling everyone tuned in here Derek carr is gonna be a raider next year and the year after that he's gonna prove himself we're gonna build off this offense and just remember man we're here as raider nation we're here as fans and the best thing you can do as a fan is support your player and uh, hope for the best. That's all you can do. As long as, long as he's a Raider, I mean, you got to be all in as a fan. You got to be all in. I, I'm hoping you're right. There is a wild card here, though. Hey, stop. And that's stop. John Gruden <laughs> is a little crazy. He so is crazy. He is you crazy. You never know. You never know what he is crazy. You know his uh, what he really feels. I, I know he likes Carr. I know he does. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting. He made some deci- he's made some decisions throughout his kind of uh, years of controlling personnel and that were questionable. So we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully it doesn't bite. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, as long as you're a Raider, man, you got my support. And until then, quit talking crap, Raider fans. Quit talking crap. Reggie Reggie Nelson has your support? Reggie Nelson has my support, man. All right, all right, all right. He does. He does. He does. He looks like Predator, man. I crack some jokes about him, you know, but... I'll never be the one that will, you know, go in on somebody on Twitter just trying to bash the guy. I mean, hey, I feel you. Hey, the the 2016 playoff clinching game in San Diego, I was there, and Reggie Nelson got that interception yep. to ice it, and I'll never forget that. He's um, had a couple, man. He's had two or man, three uh, game ceiling interceptions. If anyone here listening was at that game in San Diego when we clinched the playoff spot, man, was that not amazing? That was a what a time, man! I miss it. It feels like ten years ago that we were uh, good old you know, the South. Next, the next week, Carl would get hurt, you know, on Christmas Eve. But that was yeah. the game, you know, yeah. where it was all great before it all fell apart. Yeah. But yeah. man, I miss it. I can't wait to get back and be a playoff team again. Yep. So, like I said, you know, we've been talking about linebackers. Uh, I got two phone calls here, so let's right. uh, let's take these bad boys. See what we have to say.
Kenny King Jr. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, you got that last call. I sounded like Coco, so don't post it. Because <laughs> you just sent me Pat Mahomes on that shit, because that was bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, yo, this linebacker situation. So, a um, couple takeaways I have. You know, to hear Whitehead led the team in tackles, which is great. Um, he still can't cover a tight end to save his life, and we need to find somebody that can. Uh, the tight end, covering the tight end has been our Achilles heel for about a good 10 years now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to figure out what, what we can do to combat that. We had a guy like Derwin James that we took from number one. Uh-huh. You know, that, that would have done it, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, back into it. Uh, we obviously bring Tahir Whitehead back. Is he a starter next year? I don't know. It depends on what we have. Yeah. Now, let's look at what we've got. Uh, Markel Lee, who has played lights out this year. I think that he really stepped into a role and played very well. Yeah. However, if we have the ability to bring somebody else in that can be better than him, yeah. I am obviously all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Quarrow, same thing. What I would like to see is I would like to see the Raiders target CJ Mosley in the offseason and in free agency. He's reading our minds. I think minds. that he brings uh-huh. that veteran leadership to the to the linebacking core. Uh, he has a nose for the ball. Yeah. He's great in coverage. He's a great run stopper. And he also has the ability to fire up that defense, and he has that Raider mentality. He plays with the tenacity that Paul Gunther and John Gruden like. Yeah. He's going to be a guy that's going to be able to get out there and really make plays for us and also get that defense fired up. And I feel like he would be a great complement to the defensive line that we have. Uh, I also would like to see us go after uh, – <clears throat> I would also like to see us go after uh, White uh, coming coming out of college. Yeah. Uh, I think that he would be a great player. However, we you know looking at the draft and, and our position, he's going to be gone at 25. I wouldn't take him at four. Yeah. I think that spot's reserved for Quinn Williams or, yeah. or Clellan Farrell. So uh, that being said, that's what I'd like to see. While I'm talking, I just got to address something real quick. So I saw some shit that kind of fucked up my day. Uh, my girl, uh, Jane Slater, she posted a video talking about uh, Mark Cooper talking about uh, Dak Prescott high-fives, uh, high-fives fools mm-hmm. on the field. Gosh, uh, the only thing that Mark Cooper is high-fiving is motherfuckers in the, in the shower saying, <laughs> slap hands, slap hands. Wow, okay. Drop the soap and shit. Fuck that puto. Uh, I can't wait till we play the Cowboys again because that's more full-ass shit. <laughs> Was that a Mari Cooper shower thing, like sourced? Uh, yeah, the source in the shower. It's believable. Capturing this, or it's believable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> teach their uh, own, man. I'm not gonna hate on that. Uh, that's pretty good, man. He uh, he kind of broke down what we just talked about on the show. That's pretty good, dude. He was hitting all of it, like in order you. too. Well done, you. Kenny King Jr., man. Well done. That's pretty good. I think he got a hold of my script here before we started. I liked, uh, you know, we didn't touch on. Of course, we talked about Devin White. And then he brought up – I mean, I haven't been too big on uh, your defensive end there out of Clemson. Uh, uh, Clellan Farrell. Yeah. Um, You're not big on him? Talk to me, uh, man. What's going on? I mean, I like him. He's good. He, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way with uh, an interview that happened a couple days ago. Or it might have been, shoot, a little bit more recent than that. Um, he's supposed I to, feel you know, like if they did a trade back, though, like where they moved back to maybe eight or nine, oh, if someone yeah. wanted to jump up and grab Haskins, I would totally feel oh, yeah. great about taking him in the – five to ten range if we trade it back for whatever reason oh, yeah. but i feel you at four i think maybe some more elite available players yeah he said uh he, he came out in an interview and he said that he tries to play like alden smith 
And that's why he wears number 99. That kind of really, uh, threw me off a little bit, but he did wrap up the interview he by he saying... he wanted to be who he should have been, yes, right? Yes, that I, can, been. I yeah. can be what he should have been, and that's fine. He's, I like man, that. He has, he has potential, though, three, four years from now, where we could be looking back on, dude, how do we not take him at yeah, four? Yeah, yeah. And then you got Josh Allen. Um, I four do like is a Josh little, Allen. little heavy, I think, for, for Josh Allen, but I really like him as well. Another trade... If we traded back a few spots, I'd be fine with that. But at four, I really feel like if Quinnen Williams yes. is there, you have to take him yes. because I think he's I think he's a freak athlete yeah. at the DT position. I think he's versatile, he's powerful, and I think he's if you pair him with Hurst and then having Hall, that three man, like I think uh Quinnen Williams would be the every down guy. But that that rotation there would be monster. Yeah, monster. So many options, man. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be so mad I mean, whenever we don't get some of these top guys. Gosh dang. If we don't, if we pass on Quinnen Williams at four, now it's understandable if he's drafted at two or three. Yeah. But if we pass, pass. on him, if, I'm gonna be a little devastated, oh, dude. Gosh dang it. But then I'll be happy with who we draft, and I'll be glass half full about it. But I'll deep down be sad. Yeah. Uh, I'm not not snagging. And so we need to get him. I feel you. Now we got a us uh, uh, Bobby Wasabi man. Here we go. What up, Raider Cody? It's your boy Bobby Wasabi calling in on my takes for the linebackers that will be available for 2019. Looking at the list of free agents, and a couple names caught my attention: Clowney, 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 Clowney. He always gets attention. Of course he does. The thing about Clowney though is that he kind of pricey, so. I don't mind paying for someone that's going to be productive, that's good, that's been around for a minute, but not if they are injury-prone. I'm not too confident in forking out some cash like that. C.J. Mosey, another name that caught my attention. This guy is productive. He can rack up some hits. He is fast, and he is smart. He can drop down, go ahead and keep it, pay attention to the pass, and boom, he's right there. He's on it. Besides that, no one else really caught my name on this free agency pool. Clay Matthews, I mean, he's old. Suggs, he's, he's even older. I think it's going to be a pass and pass, but hey, what do I know? I'm just, I'm just some dude. Uh, looking over at the draft area, there's, there's some names that definitely, definitely get a lot of attention. Devin White, this kid is a beast, man. He is scary on the edge. He just harasses. He's quick. He's right there. I mean, his his hips, dude. Have you seen them? They they look they look raunchy, dude. They look raw. I mean, oh yeah, dude. They look dirty half the time, but they're clean, and that's what we need. We need an inside harasser, and Devin White may be the answer. The other possible answer would be. Josh Allen, man, this guy got some power. I've seen him get choked out, arm around his throat, just bull rush the defender, and he still got to the QB. I mean, this kid is scary. He's going to hit the ground running as soon as he hits the NFL, man. Inside harassers, Josh Allen, Devin White, definitely good, good guys to have. So I got a question for you, Raider Cody. It's a Bosa hype question. Where does the Bosa hype stand with regards to the Raider Nation? Using the Corey scale of good and bad, 
if Corey Feldman was good and Corey Haim was bad, how would you rate the hype? <laughs> I would uh, I would give it a a Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World. <laughs> Reason why is because everyone's paying attention to Corey Matthews. Look at Corey Matthews. Yeah, talk about Corey Matthews. Yeah, oh yeah. And wait, what happened? The the the, the Raiders did what? Who they pick up? They got Josh Allen? No way, dude. No. Oh, man. I mean, we, we kind of saw that, but we didn't expect it to be that quick. Wait. It wasn't Josh Allen. Who was it that they were doing? They were winning for who? Raider Cody can fill you in on that one. Winning who, for who winning. we winning for? <laughs> All right, Raider Cody, I'm going to get up out of here. Let you do what you do. Bobby Wasabi out. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby Wasabi. Dude, I love these. Uh... First of all, Bobby Wasabi, you're not just some dude. You're a really knowledgeable Raider fan. We love that you call and uh, keep it going. And I just want to say I love these uh, these hashtags, winning for Quinnen, yeah. blow it blow it for Bosa. <laughs> I love that every year, the, the creativity. But the best ever was for a free agent, hashtag DJAX to Oakland. Could that happen yes. this year, by the way? That's yes. I, about. I think I've pulled him out on a thread before because we need a speedy wide receiver, man. We need someone to open up the man, field. Man, I've always loved DJAX, man. Yeah. I just feel like I just got to see him in a Raider uniform one time. I know he's pricey, though, but yeah, so still what, fun man. to think about. Go Don't judge. It. Don't we judge. Got, we got the money. And but, yeah, Bobby, Bobby, man. These Dude, questions. He's hitting our topics, man. <laughs> They're all hitting them in order. You got to stop sending out our script. <laughs> I, I just love his. Uh, I love his questions, man. I love how he uh, gives me a scale. This one. Uh, he does. The, the Corey scale, huh? Okay, so last time was your like make me say. Uh, right? Oh That's yeah. Yeah, that overrated song. Gosh dang it, man! It was cool at first, but then it sucks. So this week, so the Bosa hype on a Corey scale. So I got to name a Corey, huh? Uh, I'm gonna go. You guys probably aren't gonna know this guy. So it's uh, just any Corey, like any I guess athlete Corey any Corey. Any... I guess any Corey. Well, he he named uh, Corey Matthews a uh, uh, an actor. So okay. he was kind of a disappointment, right? He was a big hyped up uh, actor for a while, and he kind of disappeared on the scene. So I like where he was going with that. So I'm gonna go with. Uh, he's actually a used to be a freestyle BMXer because I used to. Uh, Back in the day, I rode bikes. So I'm, I was real into X Games and whatnot. I'm going to go with Corey Nastasio. Uh, he was the fan favorite. He was always the flashiest, always the one that he'd go out there. He'd have the nicest bike. He'd, he'd be all tatted up. Mr. Cool. You know, he was guaranteed to be out there. But uh, his antics and personality and uh, kind of sent him down the wrong hole. He kind of just... Ended up just being an average guy that was just always overhyped. So I'm not saying Nick Bosa is going to be that player, but you know we're kind of getting a little bit of a a taste of that from his older brother. So you know he held out he held out for his rookie contract. So if he's anything like his brother, I'm giving him a, a Corey Nastasio on the Corey scale. Okay, okay, <laughs> I like it. Man, a Corey, I'll go with. Uh... Shout out to all the Dodger fans out there. I'm going to go Corey Seager. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good player. Yeah. I think, it, you know, a lot of the hype is understandable. I think, you know, obviously Corey Seager, Seager uh, the Dodgers missed him this year. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, he's one of the best infielders in the league. Um, you know, he's got the bat to back it. And uh, so I think Bosa will be productive. He'll be one of the better players in the league. But – Will he be on the field? Is he? It, 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 will he be on the field? It's a great question. His brother struggled to stay on the field, and will he be elite? 
But yeah, man, that wraps up all of our calls this week. They're going to slow down because we don't get our post-game reactions anymore. But uh, if anyone's tuned in and listening, get involved. Even if uh, you never talk to me or don't even follow us on social media, call in, man. We'll chit-chat it up. We'll get to know you over the voicemail. Call it in. That's 808-650-7220. Get involved, man. Make a phone call. All right, Chris, in our last segment for the day, of course, it's my new favorite. It's grown to be uh, pretty popular, in my opinion. This segment is brought to you by Ingrid Trask and Just Win Lady. <laughs> you got that? Take 16. I'm sending okay. Cody every single bit of this. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. This segment is brought to you by Angry Trask and Jenny Lynn from Just Lynn Ladies. So, Cody, what is your popular opinion this week? Well, Jenny, this week, my popular opinion, I'm going to go a little light this week. Mine's, uh, I'm going to say that Marshawn Lynch is one of my favorite Raiders of all time. And that's something hard to do. I mean, I'd put him in. I'm a younger fan. I get it. But, uh, you know, from uh, players that, you know, get you all in the feels whenever you see him. I mean, I'll put him pretty close to, like, maybe my top five. Just because he was just so, he was just plugged in to the organization, to Oakland. He was just a real dude. I mean, he went out there. Don't even just look at his stats. I don't care about his stats. I don't care about his play. Don't bring up any political conflict. He was a class act. He gave back to the community. All the fans loved him. And it's so cool that you could not get an autograph on the guy unless you were a kid. I mean, he's just he's just all about the stuff, dude. So it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, the only reason I bring him up this week is because I've seen some highlight videos going around, maybe some thank yous. And it just, you see those things and you just, man, for a while this season, you know, we started going downhill, but knowing that Marshawn Lynch was going to be running the rock for us, kind of, it gave you some hope and it gave you some excitement, man, to turn that Raider game on him and watch him get after it. So, man, I agree. I, I'm so thankful he came back and yeah. ran for the Raiders. I feel yeah. bad though. You know, I feel like he joined what he thought. Not that he did it solely about the team and the potential, right? He did it for his family and friends and all the people he grew up with in Oakland. But yeah. I feel like he joined a team that had potential. And, yeah. you know, he wasn't able to be a part of that. And all of it fell apart before it really started. But uh, thank you, Marshawn. Yeah, if we so, could have got him uh, a year sooner, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, if Latavius Murray could average four yards a carry that year. Sure, Marshawn could average four eight, maybe five. Oh, absolutely, so. man. So, what do you got this week? All right, ladies. Uh, my popular opinion of the week is that the Raiders, with the number four overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, will take Quentin Williams, DT, Alabama. There we go. There we go. Loving it, dude. I mean, a lot of Raider fans are on board with it, and uh, rightfully so. Yeah, it's it's a little safe of a popular opinion, but I feel like people are on board i think they saw how dominant he was against oklahoma and then if he does it again against clemson it'll just further cement the reason why we should take him yeah and cody what's your unpopular opinion this week why you gotta be so negative all the time i'm always negative that's what i do you're my ray of sunshine seriously bro seriously bro
All right, Angria, my unpopular opinion this week, and it's going to sound a little weird because we've kind of been going down the other side of the road with this, but I'm going to say that Johnny Townsend is going to make a jump next year, and he's going to be – we're going to stop complaining about him. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, he had a rough year overall. You look at his average, he was the 31st worst punter in the league off his punting average. That was uh, 43.2 yards a punt, which if any of you caught my punting video – I'd give that maybe a, a 43 yard. <laughs> it was maybe it was maybe 35, you know, but I was wearing tight jeans and I kicked them in vans. So give me a break. Uh, hey, did I hear a rip, a rip in the jeans? Hey, hey, sh- I, they don't oh, really okay. fit anymore, but <laughs> they fit now, man. They fit now. I ripped them suckers wide open. There you go. There you go. This last game that Johnny played, he had four punts averaging 45 and a half yards a punt. An improvement over a two yard improvement on his uh, season average. Two of those punts pinned inside the 20 pretty good if i mean if you go back and you watch the game i mean numbers don't always do it for a punter i mean he had some good hang time he pinned him back there did a great job and then even the game before that he had uh five punts averaging 45 yards three of those were pinned inside the 20 and uh like i said again if you can go back and watch both of those games uh it was a very good visual improvement of what he was doing before and i still don't understand why he was able you know, to have such a good college career and then come into the NFL and start to struggle. I mean, the, his last, I mean, over his whole college career, he averaged 46.2 yards a punt. Over that, That's freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. His last two years, he averaged 47.9 yards a punt and 47.5 yards a punt. I mean, that puts him in the top 10 category in the NFL. So whether it's getting used to maybe the ball, I mean, it's, it's a different size ball, uh, personal difference uh, I hear things like it's softer um, it could be that or maybe coaches are just tweaking stuff and uh, making him change his form for the long term so give him a whole off season of kicking Johnny Townsend if you're listening put on my video man take some notes and uh, hey man <laughs> I feel you you know there's there's two parts to this first of all you know that you had a really bad year when the punter and their ability or inability to perform well becomes a topic right yeah that means you punted way too much (laughs) so hopefully next year we don't punt whether it's townsend or we got someone else that they're not a talking point because we're just not punting much right who's the punter on the chiefs do you know i don't know because uh (laughs) they don't punt right so hopefully i do know the sky man i do know the punter on the seahawks man that dixon oh that guy is a absolute stud i know know. but then again we get to that subject we, sh- we shouldn't be caring about their absolute stud punter because they shouldn't be punting. All right. Angria, shout out. What's up? Um, my unpopular opinion of the week is that the Raiders are going to take another offensive tackle in the first round. Oh. Um, I know that sounds bad, right? But you look at Brandon Parker, up and down rookie season. Thought he was kind of raw coming in as it was. And for him to play as much as he did, I know they kind of were hoping Donald Penn would last longer. But I think that going for a guy like Cody Ford, right tackle position, he played right tackle um, this year in college. So it's not like he's going from left to right. We already got Colton on the left side. I think taking Cody Ford, guy like him in the late first round with one of the Chicago or Dallas picks to give Derek Carr two first round picks on the outside as tackles to deal with the edge rushers in the AFC West. 
uh, the Joey Bosa's, the Vaughn Millers, if he stays there, mm -hmm. the D Fords, if he stays there, right? It's a it's a great division for pass rushing, and yeah. we can add another first round caliber tackle, which, in my opinion, Ford's a more complete prospect than Miller was last year. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be huge for the Raiders, and I think that they should really look into that. And that's my unpopular opinion that they're going to go with a guy like Ford and draft another OT in the first round. I like that. I like that. He's super versatile too. He can come in and seems like. Uh, if you ever even had to move around, he's the guy, man. He's a, he's a good, talented offensive lineman. And uh, I think that just about does it, man. We're going to wrap this show up. Uh, for those of you that made it this far, congratulations. We're going to talk about our special deal again here with DC4L Custom Tees. Uh, make sure you get on there. Enter in promo code RPNFAITHFUL. That's Raiders Podcast Network. RPNFAITHFUL. You get two shirts, buy two shirts, you get one free. So that's basically uh, you load up your cart, get all three of your shirts that you want, hit, enter in that code, and $18 is going to fall off that price. Boom. So, yeah. Dude, I got my black Raider Cody shirt from them. It was awesome. Shout out DC4L. I love that shirt, man. It's uh, it's comfortable. It's sweet, it dude. I love our logo on there, and I also got a coffee mug too. There it yeah. is. There it is. There's a coffee. lot of there's a lot of stuff on there. You visit my website. Oh, yeah. Visit my website, RaiderCody.com. There's a shop button. Click the shop button. It'll take you to the whole page. It'll be listed up, all the gear ready to go. I got my hoodie. I got my shirt. I even got a I got a beach towel. I hung it up like a flag. We're getting Damn. after it, man. So, like I said, get on there. Make sure you check out the other two. Raiders Podcast Network shows. We got our big brothers at the Pillaging Podcast. They took a couple weeks off, but they're getting back after it. They'll have a show coming up here soon. And also, just when, ladies, they're doing a great job. Make sure you check them out and tune in. I mean, you hear them on our segment, so make sure you're listening to their entire show. So that does it. I think we covered our linebacker group. Next week, we're uh, going to take a break from the position groups, and uh, we're going to bring in, hopefully, Chris Reed. If he's available, uh, I believe you know Chris pretty well also. Oh, yeah. Chris Reed is awesome. His uh, his film room work on Twitter, it, you know, his knowledge he brings to the table. Um, we're going to be able to pick his brain on what happened schematically with the Raiders this year, both offensively and defensively. Um, some players uh, that played well, that didn't play well, and maybe some free agents and draft picks that would really fit into the scheme that uh, Gruden and Gunther have. Chris Reed's super smart, so I'm really excited to have him and ask him questions. Again, when you call in, you know, feel free to you know ask him any questions you yep. might have. Yep, absolutely. So whatever it is, we're going to pretty much cover it all next week. Uh, for those of you not tuned in on Twitter or Facebook, just know that phone number, 808-650-7220. It's on the website. Call it in. Get your questions. Get involved. Let's make next week's show even better. But until then, Chris, that's it, man. Yes, sir. Go Eagles tomorrow. Beat the Bears. <laughs> Go Eagles. All right, Raider Nation, bro. Take it easy. See y'all. Let's go Raiders.